Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. up a fiction novel in the bookstore and the first words in it were get one cup flour, two tablespoons of sugar, three eggs, etc., it would probably be a bit confusing. Now if I picked up a recipe that began with those same words, it wouldn't be confusing to me at all. The reason for this is that we all have a basic understanding of genre. Genre are various literary categories that help us to interpret the meaning of written words properly. So we know, even just instinctually, that a recipe is different from a novel, which is different from a poem, which is different from an email, which is different from an instruction manual, etc. Understanding genre helps us to understand what the author is saying to us. Ignoring the genre is a common mistake that people make when they read the book of Revelation. As we mentioned previously this week, Revelation belongs to the apocalyptic genre, just like sections of the books of Daniel and Ezekiel and parts of other biblical books. Obviously, Revelation reads differently from other biblical genres, like the narratives of the Gospels, or the poetry of the Psalms, or the letters of the New Testament. Understanding the genre will help us to interpret God's Word better. Another common mistake we make with the book of Revelation is overanalyzing the symbolism. Remember this fairy tale from our childhood. Little Red Riding Hood skips off to grandmother's house with a basket full of goodies. Now the girl represents feminism, while the basket represents all of our hopes and our dreams. The skipping represents our journey through life, and the grandmother represents comfort. Now did we read this fairy tale that way as children? Of course not. It was just a story. It was a tale. It had a moral. It was a cautionary tale warning us about talking to strangers. That was the main point, to teach a lesson. Likewise, apocalyptic literature in the Bible also has a main point, to encourage God's people. Because most people today in the church view the book as futuristic, we tend to overanalyze every little facet of the book. We're trying to mine it for clues to help us tell the future or to read our current climate, which is something that the author never would have intended, nor would the early church audience who received it have ever considered. And as we will see as we go through the book, When it's truly crucial for us to understand a symbol that's found in Revelation, John actually just interprets it for us and tells us what it is. Another error we make when we approach the book of Revelation is missing the connections to the rest of Scripture. Virtually every part of the book of Revelation has a clear Old Testament connection. The picture of Christ in chapter 1 hearkens to Daniel, chapter 7 and 10, and Ezekiel 43. The sacrificial lamb of Revelation 5 ties into the Passover lamb of Exodus 12. The beasts of Revelation 13 remind us of the beast of Daniel, chapter 7. The heavenly creatures of Revelations 4 sound an awful lot like the heavenly creatures of Ezekiel, chapter 1. Making these connections will help us to understand what the author John was trying to get across to us. As well, Revelation is not the only section of scripture that potentially deals with the end times or the fulfillments of God's promises. We have to consider the whole message of all of God's word and not just focus on one book when we look to the end times. Finally, another common mistake we make is only considering our own worldview. While I was on a ministry trip to Africa many years ago, I was chatting with several pastors in a discussion and we started talking about the end times. 
they inform me that the four horsemen of the apocalypse were certainly ravaging the world. This comes from Revelation chapter 6. I was surprised and told them that most people from my faith tradition believed that the four horsemen were a sign of the tribulation and were yet to come. They looked at me like I was crazy, and then I realized that the four horsemen of Revelation chapter 6 are often interpreted as symbols, four powers of hell that are unleashed upon the earth and are often viewed as war, famine, disease, and death. Now obviously, war, famine, disease, and death are indeed wreaking havoc on the continent of Africa right now. Now, whoever may be right in this particular interpretation of this particular passage, these African pastors were certainly justified in how they were viewing that section of scripture. It was incredibly eye-opening for me and a crucial reminder that our personal worldview always shapes our interpretation of God's word. Being safe and secure in Canada caused me to look at Revelation chapter 6 very differently than these Africans who are growing up in a lot of persecution and famine and death. Having an open mind is always a good idea when we approach scripture, as our view and our worldview may very well not be right. These are some of the big things that we can watch for as we work our way through Revelation starting on Monday. By being aware of these common mistakes, we can hopefully avoid them or at least notice when we're making them so that we can seek out a cleaner and purer understanding of God's word.